Hey, welcome to the Church Explain podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. On today's show, we've got an amazing guest, a guy called Peter Wan, who heads up a church in Taiwan. And you're going to hear part one of the show today as he shares some of his story and some of his leadership challenges over the last while. We hope you will enjoy. Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Nathan, and uh, we are your hosts on the Church Explained podcast. Today, we are joined on the podcast with Peter Wan, who is the founder and lead pastor of The Hope, a young but vibrant church based in Taipei, Taiwan. He was raised in Canada and moved to Taiwan to start a church when he saw the spiritual need. Peter passionate believes that people are worth it and the church should do everything we can to reach people with the gospel of Jesus. He dreams of building a church that serves as the cultural center of the city. And he also holds a master of divinity degree from Oral Roberts University. That's quite a lot, mate. <laughs> I struggle hard to, uh, to uh, come up with all that stuff but uh that's about it that's about all i've done <laughs> uh, plus you've got a wife called peggy and uh, two children eliana and Raphael, and they currently live in taipei and taiwan peter it's amazing to have you on the podcast thank you so much for having me um this is the first time i've ever been on somebody else's podcast so this is the first time for me we have our own podcast, um, but I've never been a guest on somebody else's podcast. So thank you so much for this opportunity just to, you know, have me here today. Yeah, well, it's such a privilege, as uh, Nathan said, just to connect uh, different parts of the world. And uh, you're, of course, uh, we've said already in Taipei in Taiwan. Have we said that right? Is that good pronunciation? No, that's right. That's perfect. It's Taiwan, not Thailand. Some Sometimes yeah. people get the two mixed up, but... Uh, Different, different places completely. We don't want to make the mistake there, do we? <laughs> no. Hey, so Peter, tell us uh, a little bit about your background and your family location, all that sort of stuff. It'd be great just to hear something of your story. And I, I know when we chatted offline last time, you shared something about your story. And I think it'd be great just to hear about that today for our listeners. Share a little bit about your story, your background, and uh, that'll help us get really started today, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sure. Um, well, I'm a pastor, but um, I, I actually didn't grow up in a Christian family. My uh, my family was uh, was was not really religious or anything. Um, and growing up, we 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 didn't really have a religion. But um, but my mom would read Bible stories to us, and uh, not because she believed it, but she just wanted us to go to sleep at night. So she would read them as bedtime stories. And then, so I remember listening to Bible stories at an age. Noah's Ark, and just kind of believing that these were just fantasies, right? And um, so it wasn't until junior high that a friend of mine invited me to uh, to church for his church's uh, Christmas um, event. And um, so when he called me, invited me to church, I, I actually hung up on him because I was watching TV at the time, didn't want to go. But my mom made me go. Uh, and and so I went to church and, and became a Christian. Um, but at that time, it was just more of an intellectual kind of like, okay, if there is a God, um, this could be it. Um, this makes more sense than what I was seeing around me, like the other religious practices that my uh, other family members 
will be engaging. So I thought, okay, I'll believe this, but but it wasn't really real to me. It was just more like a like a like intellectual type of thing. So it wasn't until high school. Um, so I was in Canada at the time that uh, I started having depression. So I I was playing rugby at the time, playing um, football, and and just slowly I just found myself losing all um, passion to to do anything. Just wanted to stay in my room. I was in a boarding school. Just wanted to stay in my room. Didn't want to go out. So told my parents about this. They got kind of worried. So I started seeing a psychiatrist um, um, just every week. And, um, and, and, and it got so bad to a point where, so I was on medication, but it got so bad to a point where uh, one time I wrote an email to my dad. Uh, my dad was in Taiwan at the time, but when the email to my dad, just telling him, I, I don't feel like I want to go on living anymore. I don't feel like there's any point in living. I, I hate myself. I hate other people. I wish I would be dead. I wish everybody would be dead. And, um, and so, so he got really worried, right? As you can imagine. So he forwarded the email to my psychiatrist. So the next time I went to go see my psychiatrist, um, he pulled out the email and he asked me, um, Peter, did you write this? And so I took a look at it and I thought, where did you get this? And he said, your dad's really worried about you. So he forward, forwarded the email to me. So, so I said, yes, I did. And um, right after I said that, he um, he told me he says um, according to Canadian law um, at the time, um, because you you've made a threat to your own life and to you know um, you're considered a threat, um, uh, I guess a suicide threat. So we can't let you leave the hospital. We have to keep you in here um, for at least a few days. Mm-hmm. And and so I I was freaking out because right after he said that, I don't know if they rehearse this or right after he said that i don't know if he has a red button under his desk that he pressed, <laughs> but two security guards show up at the door and he basically told me we could do this the easy way or the hard way now this was the late 90s right so this is um this is when there was all these school shootings in north america and i think people were very worried about just kids um you know depressed kids acting out on on their anger so so i understand why they went you know, to that extent to, to do what they did. So, so basically um, the two security guards escorted me to this, to this room. And now this room has three walls. The fourth wall is, is a glass. Mm-hmm. So the nurse and the doctors can see inside what's happening. And, um, and there's only one bed in the middle of the room. Now I wasn't a straight jacket or anything like that, but, uh, but, but I was locked in that room and, and, and I was only allowed to come out for like, you know, couple of hours a day for some exercise and I have to go back in. And I remember um, it was either the first night or the second night. I can't remember exactly which night it was, but it was middle of the night. Um, and I was, I was asleep on the bed and all of a sudden I woke up and, and I felt this presence and this peace of God in the room that I've never felt before. Now, because I've been to church, so I've heard Christians talk about a peace that's beyond understanding. And so I thought, oh, this, this could be it. And, so I'm laying on the bed and I had this, this voice that just kept coming into my heart that says, everything's going to be okay. And, and so, and so that night, it was really the first time that I had an encounter with God. And um, so the next morning, next morning I woke up and it just felt like things were different. And I felt, you know, I feel alive. Now, the thing about depression is that I think a lot of times people think depression is just you feeling really sad, but it's actually not just feeling sad. It's you don't feel anything. So that was, 
the first time in a long time that I actually felt something. I felt alive. So, so I actually told my mom what happened. She came to see me the next day. And then my mom asked me, at what time did this happen at night? I told her about the time. And she said, Peter, did you know that um, it was around that time that I actually went to the, I called the pastors and the, and the and people at the church that you were going to and asked them to pray for you. And, and so that's when I knew it was just God intervening at that moment. So that was really the first time that I said, okay, God, I'm going to give my life to you. I think you're not just real, but you're relevant. Like I, I, I like, like there's more to this Christianity than just intellectual, you know, understanding of, of the Bible. And, and so I decided right then and there to really give my life to Jesus. And, and that changed everything for me. That's amazing. It's such an incredible story. Um, so like a little question. So how did you come to leading the church that you're leading now? Um, you know, following on from that story, how did you come to that place of leading the church that you're leading now? That's a good question because um, when I became a Christian, I, um, I loved Jesus, but I did not like the church. You know, you know, you kind of like, you know, like I like God, but like, I, I just kind of felt like church was boring and, and just didn't feel like um, I really fit in the church. I didn't grow up in the church, and and um, and and so um, when I was so after I got saved, I I was um, I was uh, applying for university, and and when I was doing that, God started to speak to me about going to ministry, but I said no, right, because I didn't want to um, get into any kinds of. I just didn't want to work in church, and. And it was uh, in a in a in the summer, the summer right before I went into university. I was a, a friend of mine invited me to a conference, like a Christian conference, one of these you know Christian rallies. And and so I was at the back of the stadium because I didn't really want to listen to what was being preached. But that night, the the pastor, the preacher, he said he said on stage, he said, um, "God is calling you guys to serve Him, and there are some of you you've been saying no." And tonight you have to say yes. Now he wasn't talking about full-time ministry or anything, but he was just talking about serving God. Mm. And I was at the back of the stadium and all of a sudden I started crying. I don't know why. And it was just one of those moments I couldn't explain. But the next thing I knew, I was at the front of the stage, tears streaming down my, you know, my cheeks. And I was just, and I said to God, I said, Jesus, if you want me to serve you, and I, I would do it because you redeem my life. Like I, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here today. Like I would still be depressed. I might still be in the hospital. So if you call me, I'll do it. And so that's when I responded. But, um, but I, I didn't know where to go. Right. So I, I was in Canada at the time, but um, so one night I was just on, on, on my, uh, on, on YouTube and, and I watched this video about Taiwan. So I, I was born in Taiwan, but I never went, never really attended school in Taiwan. So I never learned about Taiwanese history or the people of Taiwan, the land of Taiwan. And, but when I was watching that video, it was talking about Taiwan history. And as I was watching this, I started to cry. And so all these stories has a lot of me crying a lot, but, <laughs> but I started to weep. And, I, 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 and it was one of those, another one of those instances where I didn't understand why I was crying. And because what was when the, um, the, the documentary was not, like it was not emotionally moving it was made by the government it was just one of those like they're just stating the facts of what happened right yeah, yeah yeah and so i i went to the school library i just type in taiwan and um 
and I just check out every book I can get on Taiwan, and I start reading them in my in my own room. I felt, and then that's when I felt this、um, urge to go back to Taiwan、uh, in the future to start a church. And so I was in university at the time. So I finished off university, went to seminary、um, in the U.S., and then the month I graduated from seminary, moved to moved to Taiwan. Wow. Pretty, pretty amazing story, story、yeah. and and as you say, Peter, a lot of crying in there. I <laughs>、uh, I I think I would be I would be a bit frightened to maybe watch a movie with you because I reckon <laughs> there may be tears the whole way through. No, but we're we're joking once, but a pretty yeah, amazing story. High,、yeah, God can get hold of our lives and speak into our lives, and and I I guess there's probably lots of leaders who'd be listening to this. And probably thinking of how God called them、yeah. or what God did in their life, and、uh, I know for myself, like similar story, just a sense of God's calling.、Mm. Um, the first time I was in church, really, when I became a Christian, same experience, tears coming down my eyes,、mm. just knowing that God, for the first time God was real, and、uh, there's something. Something powerful, isn't it? But、yeah. God can get hold of our lives. So you 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 got that passion for Taiwan. You hadn't been. Then the journey then kicks off. Then tell us a wee bit more about that. Then how how you got to Taiwan, starting the church, and a little bit about your leadership as well. That would be great for our listeners to hear, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think. Well, I think those moments of encounter with God is is really important because because leadership can be tough and building、mm. the church can be tough, and so you always want to go back to these core stories of how you started. And just to remember the why of of why you're doing this, and so when I moved back to Taiwan, this is in 2009, right? I um at that time I I didn't know anybody.、Um, I had saved out some money, so I just thought, you know what? I would just、uh, I'll, I'll just start. I just I just start preaching people to wherever I can find them. So I would yeah, go yeah. to Starbucks, and I would just preach to you know I would just sit down with whoever is at the coffee shop and and just share Jesus and. And there were a few times I would get kicked off because they they thought I was trying to sell something, and and I would go to like school campuses. I would just go anywhere,、uh, and 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 eventually、uh, someone introduced me to a pastor、uh, here in Taiwan,、um, and and so I started talking to him about what I was doing in Taiwan.、Um, I actually I didn't really know what I was doing in Taiwan. I just knew I wanted to start a church,、mm, yeah. but I didn't know how. I didn't know anybody. I was twenty six at the time, and you know, and so didn't know didn't know anybody.、Um, didn't have any knowledge of you know what the church scene was like in Taiwan, and he really took me in、uh, under his wing and and just Pastor John and he just taught me a lot.、Uh, his his. Uh, he worked at、um, the largest church in Taiwan, and his father was really、um, the, the, was the senior pastor of the church. And so he asked me, "Do you want to come and、uh, you know start an international ministry within this big mega church?" So I thought, "Yeah, not really," because I wanted to come back to Taiwan to reach the Taiwanese.、Right? I didn't want to start an international ministry to reach the expats in Taiwan, but. But there was something about him that that draw me to him, just his genuineness and his his、um, just his leadership. So I thought, you know what, I'll I'll go. So I did, and and so、um, so we started.、Uh, I started the English ministry, the international ministry within that church. And so we're just a small fraction because the church is like twelve thousand people, and then we started with just like ten people praying every Sunday, like ten English speakers. 
And that kind of grew from that to about um, 700 people um, in about six, seven years. And, and, and from that group of people, that 700 people, there were um, a couple hundred, uh, a few hundred of them who are not exactly native English speakers. They're just Taiwanese people who, who came. And so, so eventually I asked Pastor John, um, you know, I said, you know, I came back to Taiwan, really wanted to plant a church. When do you think I can do that? And every year he would tell me, no, oh, wow. <laughs> it's not the time. You're not yeah, ready. Yet. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember I would ask him every year. He would say no. And one, one year I was talking to him. I said, you know, that, that dream I have to plant a church. Um, when do you think I can do that? And he says, I think you're ready. And that shocked me because sometimes you ask, you know, your leader all these yeah, years yeah, to, yeah. to do something. He says, no, you don't think it's ever going to come. Right. And so, so I was kind of like, oh, really? I, did you say yes? And uh, he says, yeah. He says, actually, I talked to the senior pastor of the church about, you know, this dream that you have uh, for many years now. And he actually really wants to help you uh, get this started. So he says, why don't you take all these Chinese speakers uh, who are within that international ministry, that English ministry, and plant the church. And, and, this, and get this, this is what he said. He says, the senior pastor says, take as many people who wants to go plant this church. Just tell the congregation the vision and see who wants to go. And that is that is generosity that I've never seen mm. in any, you know, church leadership that I've, I've, I've came into contact with. And so, so out of that couple hundred people, we started this church called The Hope. And, um, and so we started in uh, three years ago and it's grown from a couple hundred people to we have about, uh, 15, uh, 1500 people meeting together on Sundays, um, right now. And, but really, I think we started, um, well, we started strong because of that initial seed from this church, um, bread of life that I was a part of. And so they really bless us with that. No, that, that's amazing. And even, uh, I was just thinking, um, as a young leader, you go in and you're asking, when can I start the church? Uh, you get in the nose, but you're still, you know, you're still doing what you, you know, what you've been asked to do, what you've been called to do as well. And I think, I think that's even a key, even, you know, there might be some young leaders who are listening to this and it, just to be obedient in seasons and, yeah, yeah, um, you know, to follow, follow people and to trust, to trust that they've, that they're not trying to hold you back, but mm. actually they have the best interests uh, for you. And, you know, you mentioned that was a big thing for you to grow as a leader, but what are, what are some of the things that you um, wish you'd had, had avoided as a leader and why? do you think you would want to avoid them? Mm, well, that's good. I think, well, I mean, I'm, I'm still a young leader, right? So I think there's still, I'm only 38 right now. So I think there's still a lot. I think I, I'm learning to avoid right now. But, but one of the things that I, 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 I had to learn um, early on was, um, which I didn't understand early on, was that um, leadership really is not about the leader. Leadership is about the, the people that you're leading. And I think sometimes it's very easy to make leadership about the leader because the word isn't, you know, the word leader isn't leadership. But, but I think um, it was a couple of years ago that God, you know, really helped me switch my focus um, into, um, into thinking about, uh, it's not about me, but about the people that I'm leading. And, 
And one of the things that, one of the um, resources that really helped me do that was some of the resources by an author in, in America called Donald Miller. And, oh, and he yeah, would yeah. talk about this idea yeah. that we're not the hero, we're the guy. Yeah. And I remember coming across this book. Now, it wasn't like a church book or a Christian book or anything, but, but just that idea um, of we're not the, we're not the, uh, the heroes, we're just the guy. And mm. wherever God has placed in my life or under my leadership, they're the real heroes. And my job is to actually empower them. Now that really revolutionized the way I would do ministry and think about, you know, what, um, what my job description really is. And so I, I thought, um, I, I, you know, when I was younger, I thought it was about me becoming the best possible version of myself. Mm. And I begin to understand that um, a great leader is only a great leader because he, he, he led a great team, right? Like, it's not really about the person. Like, if you can lead a great team, if you can empower a great team, that's what makes you a great leader. It's, there's no such thing as a great leader apart from the team, apart from the people that you lead. And so that really helped me shift my focus. And so I would, um, and so to this day, I would share this with my leaders all the time too. I said, we're not the heroes, we're just the guide. Um, it's kind of like Nike, right? Like I think mm. the thing that revolutionized the way Nike um, sell um, athletic shoes was that um, before that people would talk about how amazing the shoe is, but Nike, when they put out the ad, it wasn't about the shoe. It was about the athlete because the shoe is there to serve the athlete. So all these Nike ads would be about how, what the shoe does for the athlete, what the equipment does for the athlete. And I think that's kind of um, what something that I had to learn um, in, in, in many hard ways, but very valuable lessons. And uh, it's been serving me well learning that lesson. Yeah, I think, right. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that. And um, great, great insights there, I think, for lots of leaders here listening today. Um, because often leaders can get caught up with the fact that they think it is about them mm. rather than about serving people. And you were saying there, Peter, some painful moments in there. For you, if you were to describe that, how long was that journey of transformation between? I think I think um, it was uh, it was when I reached 30, so 26 started, you know, um, that international ministry and it, it, it grew pretty fast. Um, um, you know, like, so it was 26, the church was in the ministry was growing. And when the ministry is growing, you think it's all about you, right? You think it's all about, it's because the way I preach, it's about the way I do this and that. And then when I reached 30, I remember, um, Heading into my 30s, I'm praying to God and thinking, you know, while Jesus started his real ministry when he was 30 years old. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to start my real ministry. That's when the new season of anointing and all that's going to come upon me. And I'm going to yeah, be able yeah. to go to the next level. And 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 I remember when I was uh, on, on my 30th birthday, I was uh, uh, my um, my the, the ministry, um, like a lot of the people I was leading, they threw me a surprise party. A birthday party so i walk into a restaurant i thought it just could be me and a couple of guys having a meal and and there was like half the church was there right so so i was surprised so well chatting well having fun and and i noticed one of the uh, one of the girl um was sitting by herself and she just had this sad face so i thought what's going on so i went over and asked her what's going on and she uh, now i knew she had broken up with her boyfriend like a couple months ago so i knew that so so, but then when I talked to her, I, 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 
she told me that her ex-boyfriend just got into a relationship with another girl that she knows that we both know and so she was so angry at her that she wanted to um she, she was thinking about doing all these kinds of you know crazy things like revenge so so there i was on my 30th surprise birthday party sitting there at a table trying to talk this person out of doing something stupid and i'm talking to her right and, and in my mind there's this voice that says come on man this is my birthday party why are you yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. ruining my birthday party i'm <laughs> this is supposed to be about me uh i'm was here to celebrate me and then i just felt the voice of god said to me it's not about you and that's how you're going to live for the rest of your life if you can learn this lesson it's not about you and you pray you wanted something new you want a new season of breakthroughs and anointing when you reach 30 and uh, and and this is it if you can learn the lesson that leadership is not about you but serving the people um, around you then you will be a great leader and um so that was that moment that i i i um, you know when the holy spirit spoke to me in my heart uh, that helped me understand that and then couple of years later i came across that book um by donald miller and it all kind of just came together and uh, yeah yeah great 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 yeah. book really isn't it mm. and i uh, highly recommend it. i think it's called story brand isn't it the book yes sir that's yeah, right yeah, story yeah. brand so mm. uh if you haven't read it do read it as you say it's not necessarily a leadership book but it is lots of leadership lessons in there i think it's about mm. building websites actually yeah but uh some great lessons in there isn't there about you know how how we're to serve others and mm. and make them the hero of the story really mm. so that's fantastic book, it's a it's a marketing book um, yeah but it's 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 a it's a but you know it's about messaging right? and i think our life is a message your oh, leadership is a message everything we do carries a message so we have to ask ourselves what's the message we want people to um to walk away with having encountered us right so well, that's been it for this episode of the Church Explained podcast. It's been great to have this part one with Peter One, and uh, we hope you join us for part two uh, that'll be coming out very soon. Wherever you're consuming this content, please rate, review, and subscribe, and share it with someone you know it will bless. And we look forward to seeing you on the Church Explained podcast the next time. <laughs>